This is this is fine. 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 This is a poor substitute for therapy, but an excellent substitute for other podcasts. We're not like other podcasts. Join us as we find the answers to the universe's biggest questions like is butter a carb? Does crying burn calories? And what the fuck am I doing with my life? We're here to be your part-time therapist, astrologer, concierge doctor, and fairy godmother. Do you need someone to validate you today? Cool, cool, cool. Come on in. We're fine. This is fine. My darlings, welcome back. Welcome home. You're here. You've made it. We've made it. We've got an educational episode for you today on a world of wellness and health that has become more and more popular, traditional Chinese medicine. You may already be well entrenched in acupuncture appointments and cycle balancing tinctures, or completely oblivious to this ancient practice that has stood the test of time. Regardless, we're going to get into TCM 101 today to break it all down. While there's so much to love about modern, quote unquote, Western medicine, there are also a lot of pitfalls and a lot of failings. Our healthcare system is, well, I won't rant too much on that, but 100 million Americans are in healthcare debt. Women aren't adequately researched in the healthcare field. There are race barriers, so on and so forth, yada, yada, yada. It's hard to be healthy in the US. You get it, I get it, it's a lot. This isn't to get us riled up, to bum you out, or to add negativity to the vibe, but rather to explain where certain trends might be coming from. We face a lot of challenges and it leaves millions of us looking for alternatives. This brings us to alternative medicine, which can sometimes be used as an almost pejorative term. In this case, what was once alternative and fringe is now finally being embraced as more mainstream. And the people who've been into it all along are like, um, hi, this has been around for literally thousands of years, but okay. So here we are, TCM 101. I've brought in Sarah Sass, licensed acupuncturist and herbalist, founder of Beauty Point by Point in La Jolla, California, my personal favorite place in California. Her objective today is giving us the 411 or 101, depending on what generation you're from. What is traditional Chinese medicine and why should you care? Welcome, Sarah. Are you fine today? I am so fine. So fine. You look fine. Oh, thanks. Fine as hell, girl. You look fine too, girlfriend. <laughs> in my sweatshirt coated in Stella's hair. <laughs> That's the best fine. I know. I'm just coated in mother's love. That's weird. Um, let's keep going. <laughs> okay, Sarah, thank you for being here. You are the Chinese medicine master of this area in my life. Can you please talk about your background and how you got into TCM? Sure. Um, first, I am a medicine woman, and I'm a licensed certified acupuncturist, herbalist, and a face reader. I'm with Beauty Point by Point Acupuncture and Healing Arts in La Jolla, California. I do own a small business for over 20 years in La Jolla. I am a mother of a teenager, <laughs> and I have an airy sun, Scorpio moon with a Libra rising, and I am born the year of the metal pig, born the month and day of the dragon, and the hour of the monkey. So my energy is very young in nature. I love how you started this out with all the things we really want to know. <laughs> also, I'm loving this combo. Did not know you were in Aries with a Libra rising. Gorge. Yeah, oh, don't forget, too, I'm also born Mercury retrograde girl. Oh, my gosh. Just like our mutual friend, Mel. Hey, Mel. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I understand that whole thing my entire yeah. life. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, but I specialize in facial uh, rejuvenation, cosmetic acupuncture, as well as internal medicine, with focusing on health and healing for the mind, body, and spirit. Beautiful. And what drew you into this field? What was like that, you know, clap of lightning in your mind that was like, this is it. This is where I'm going. Well, you need a little background. I've been in um, medicine since I, was, since I was 15. Wow. I was actually in Western medicine. I was a paramedic and EMT in my 20s. And um, I started actually reading Chinese philosophy and receiving acupuncture in my 20s. And, you know, that was the time of like, you know, big party girl. And, you know, a lot of things were shifting in my life. And the beauty of the acupuncture is how it brought change into my life by bringing habits of health and healing. And through this process as well, with all the philosophy I was reading, it brought me into this different aspect of me as a person in medicine, like where do I want to sit? And the Western medicine, it was great in so many ways, but there's like a whole dark aspect to it. For sure. And so when I was 25, I thought I knew what I wanted to be when I grew up, and that was going to be a flight nurse on a, you know, helicopter in emergency medicine. Wow, specific. Very specific. Love. <laughs> but at 25, I changed my career path into Chinese medicine. Mm. And what was really cool about it was it, there's like this huge empowerment piece 
because my entire, you know, younger years, I thought I had to live up to these expectations of my family and other things. And then when I shifted it and brought it into what I wanted to actually do, I found out that I was actually really smart because I had so much passion for the medicine. Oh my gosh, I love that. Like an empowering moment. So luckily, it really just aligned with my philosophy of life because even when I was in Western medicine, I was always into health and fitness. I've been a fitness instructor for 30 years. So I was always having that part of my lifestyle. So Chinese medicine is just more in alignment with my philosophy and lifestyle. Amazing. And that's a beautiful segue because we want to talk about today a little bit of TCM 101. Traditional Chinese medicine is a bit of a broad term, particularly because it is not one thing, but we're looking at the whole body, mind, soul. So can we give our listeners a general overview? And then after that, we can break it down more specifically. Yeah. So, so you know, the umbrella of definition of TCM, the acronym translates as traditional Chinese medicine. It is one of the most ancient living traditions over 3,000 years old. It encompasses many approaches of treatment to treat disease and support one's longevity, health, wellness of the body, mind, and spirit. Diagnosis with a holistic approach physiologically and psychologically while utilizing treatments with acupuncture, herbology, massage, we call it twina, which just translate is push and grab. (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense. Yes. Uh, Cupping, gua sha, qigong, nutrition, and lifestyle counseling. Amazing. So many beautiful modalities that we're going to get into today. And I love that it does look at the whole body. So if someone comes to you and they're like, okay, this is top of mind because we just did a couple episodes on hormonal health. If someone comes to you and they're like, I have really painful periods. You're not just going to look at like this pelvic gynecological area, right? You're going to look at the whole body. Of course. Okay. Well, first thing I'm going to do is look at their coloring, you know? Uh-huh. And oh, okay. we're going to look at their coloring. I'm also going to look at their face, what's going on around their mouth, around their nose, around their eyes. And as a Chinese medicine doctor, we tend to also look, take their pulse, <laughs> look at their tongue. We're going to yeah. palpate their abdomen. We're going to take in to so many things into account, what's going on with their diet, their lifestyle, their stress. Life. Because it could be a number of things and one patient will present with the same symptom, but it might be from a completely different cause, right? Exactly. Okay. So if you come in, say you had a diagnosis of endometriosis, there's lots of reasons why it can cause that in Chinese medicine. It could be from a spleen deficiency or liver cheese stagnation with heat and, you know, or the kidney deficiencies. So the beautiful part about Western and Eastern medicine is we can combine the two in the sense that you can have the diagnosis from the Western medicine, but you're going to come in and the Eastern medicine will allow us to look at the body from a holistic place and diagnose and treat for what's right for your constitution and what's showing up for you. It's amazing because you can get the best of both worlds and these things can work synergistically in a complementary style versus having to pick one side or another. I feel like that's a really accessible point for a lot of people. Agreed. So we've got into this umbrella term. Can we also talk about a little bit of difference or maybe some differentiators between TCM and something like Ayurveda or another quote-unquote Eastern practice? So the, the biggest difference between TCM and Western medicine, Western medicine's approach is from the Rene Descartes scientific method. Right. And philosophy. And I was philosophy. always, I keep forgetting it is Descartes because I'm like, wait, no, he did the math, but it's the one where it's separating the body from like the spirit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, it kind of bummed me out, you know, yeah. because it really provided this platform for us to kind of go in this one way yeah. with the Western medicine. Okay. So, you know, the Descartes method is doubt everything. Break everything into smaller parts. Right. Solve the simplest problems first. Be thorough. Right. So through the direction, Western medicine has broken the body down into parts versus treating the body as a whole. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, like with labs and x-rays, EKGs, MRIs, and drugs, personally, from my experience, as I mentioned, I did have a Western medicine background. Um, Western medicine is king when it comes to like acute injuries and disease. It can give you a glimpse into your health and wellness from a scientific view with the labs and MRIs with peace of mind and answers. But without electricity and drugs, Western medicine may fall short on true ability to treat disease. For more chronic and unusual symptoms and conditions, alternative medicine like TCM have been known to have better results and effectiveness long term. Yep, because you're looking at the whole body versus this I guess microcosm, right? Like you're going to a gastroenterologist, you're going to a pulmonologist, you're going to a neurologist, and these things can be interconnected, but everything is so compartmentalized. 
Exactly. Yeah. So there are benefits to both. Of course. I'm sure there are pros and cons to both. We haven't gotten to the, any cons of Chinese medicine yet. Oh, but for sure. We're yeah. Gonna, we're going to dive into a whole lot. So we went through the difference between the form of medicine that most listeners are familiar with, like the quote-unquote Western. Is there a difference or some major differences we can point out between something like Ayurveda or another Eastern practice and TCM? For sure. I mean, you know, the difference from Ayurveda and other Eastern practices is truly the approach and diagnosis of treatment. Okay. it's They're so similar. I mean, many parallels. Ayurveda, Ayurveda also utilizes the five elements. Oh, okay. And for diagnosis. Okay. And they have a different, but they have different names and very similar in their qualities and actions. Mm-hmm. Ayurveda has energy centers of the body called chakras and channels called nadis. Oh, okay. So, yeah, chakras and channels. That's very similar to what we're going to get into with TCM, too. Right. They call chi prana, Mm -hmm. our life force energy, similar if not the same in TCM. They also utilize tools and techniques with physical body practices, such as yoga, meditation, lifestyle counseling, nutrition, supplements, and use herbology for treatment. So very similar. Same, same. Okay. It sort of reminds me of the parallels with so many um, organized religion or faiths, right? Like yeah. Buddha had the 40-day thing. Jesus had the 40-day thing. Like there's a lot of overlap in a lot of religion. Right. And I feel like we're all on like a slightly varied path with a different flavor, all trying to get to the same place. Well, the message is the same too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Especially in religion. You know, yeah. be kind to your neighbor. Don't steal. <laughs> don't um, be a dick. Like, <laughs> totally. That's like, what commandment is that? Exactly. <laughs> I'm really glad you brought up chi actually, because that is one of the biggest concepts, at least from my like outsider perspective. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, Chinese medicine, it's all about the chi, which is actually spelled Q-I. So if you ever see that written down, that's what it sounds like. Can we talk about what is chi and how you would explain it to a total beginner? Totally. But what I want to just also add the yeah. difference, why TCM is so different from all the other alternative oh, in sure. Eastern medicine and Eastern medicine approaches is acupuncture. <laughs> oh, the acupuncture of it all. There yeah, you go. because okay. there's so many things that are parallels and do the same exact thing, but we utilize acupuncture. Acupuncture can be considered part of the evolutionary drivers for us that treat trauma as well as pain and PTSD. The evolutionary drivers are respiration, uh, bra- uh, already said that. respiration, embodiment, okay. sacrament, and then we also have sex and music. So the beautiful thing about acupuncture is it's going to embody the first ones. The embodiment is you receiving the acupuncture, right? The sacrament is the acupuncture, maybe herbology. And then the third one is the breath. Yeah. And then if you want, obviously, if you're getting a treatment, we play cool music. Yeah. So it really allows us to kind of drop into that parasympathetic state, which gives us that potential for deep healing. Wow. That's so cool. And we're going to obviously get yeah. more into acupuncture as well. But I'm so glad you brought that up as one of the biggest differentiators, if not the right. biggest differentiator. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. Exactly. So okay. circling back to where yep. I jumped ahead, um, chi. <laughs> what is the chi? What is chi? Well, chi is circulation, oxygenation, energy, air, gas, vapor, its smell, its our aura, its environmental forces, nature, breath, and any various dynamic phenomena in the body. Wow. Okay. So it's energy. <laughs> it's it's energy. It's the energy moving. Okay. And I've heard this just from my own acupuncture treatments and being around people who are in this field. There is chi stagnation and then yeah. chi, is there chi like hyperactivity? Like I know that like you can get stuck energy, which is the stagnation. Is there like the inverse of that? Yeah, I like was... hyper chi? <laughs> I'm sure, you know. So con- chi is actually considered yang because it's active and it allows movement. Right. I like to compare it to the heart pumping blood, which is actually moving the blood. Okay. So the action from the heart is the chi, okay. allowing the circulation throughout the body. Remembering that the blood cannot exist without the chi. Mm-hmm. The chi moves the blood, the blood stabilizes the chi. It's a yin uh, and yang thing. Okay. Um, I'm going to get to your answer yeah, soon, no, but um, the context I'm, important. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, it's a yin yang thing, really. Okay. You know, um, another big component is yin and yang. Exactly. Okay. And all Chinese medicine is based on yin and yang. Okay. Because it's all this Taoist philosophy, and ah. I'm going to touch on it right now. Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> so back to the chi and the blood. It is a yin yang thing. If yin and yang separates, it actually means death. Oh. Yep. Wow. Okay. The yin and yang are considered the number three, called the tai chi. It's a Taoist concept. Yin and yang and the interdependence of the two. This is why there is a little white in the black and a black in the white. But remember the line that separates the two? That is the interdependence and the ebb and flow of the yin and yang and what keeps them alive and moving together. From an esoteric cosmology aspect, we as humans are the interdependence between the yin and yang. 
Cute. <laughs> I know, right? I love that. <laughs> Yin is considered the earth as Yang is considered the cosmos in heaven. Mm-hmm. It is us humans that connect the two together. The alignment as the central axis of cosmos and earth allows us to walk on our true life soul path. So we are the central axis. There are many kinds of chi, but we can discuss like another time as well as how acupuncture points and meditation techniques can cultivate more alignment with the cosmos to support our highest good and destiny. Well, we love talking about the cosmos over here, so that's great. Right. So the chi is very vast. Yeah. Big topic. Huge topic because there's so many different... (laughs) Differentiations? Yes. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Um, And the fact that you were asking, yes, chi, because it's all about the yin and yang. So yin, you know, is going to be deep and introspective and slow, where yang is going to be warm and hot and active. Chi is considered yang, where the blood is considered yin. Ah. So sure, you can have too much chi. And that would that would increase maybe heat in your body. Okay, but I don't want to call it too much chi. Yeah. You know, it's more of like like a rebellious chi. Okay, when it turns into heat, and this right. may create like insomnia, acne, anxiety. agitation, anxiety, irritability, painful periods. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So a little bit, a little bit of agitated chi going on. It can happen. And then the inverse would be stagnation, right? Yeah, I was going to talk about stagnation as well. Okay. Um, so the TCM view works by activation, supplementation, and movement of chi and blood. So as I said, the chi is yang, the blood is yin. They cannot exist without each other. Chi moves blood, blood stabilizes chi. When imbalanced, it can cause lack of flow in the body, showing up as pain. We call this pain stagnation. Ah, okay. Stagnation can show up as many symptoms. It's not just physical, but mental and emotional. With TCM, our goal is to move and cultivate chi and blood and treat any imbalance in yin and yang and the elements that show up as symptoms in the body, mind, and spirit. Okay. So is this getting too deep stuff? No, I mean like I'm just I'm sitting here with she sees my face, I'm like processing it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I probably look so confused. Okay, no, 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 this makes sense. It can show up in a number of ways. The stagnations, there's not enough flow. Um, what might I guess I'm thinking, what might that present as to you as a clinician? If you stagnation, you some, yeah. So many things. Just okay. like we were talking about anxiety, depression. Depression's a big one. Yeah, I was thinking that. Because like you're not moving, right? You don't have the the life force, the energy. Right. Yeah. And when okay. there's when there's no flow, when there's when there's pain, there's no flow. So we okay. always want to like open up the channels to make flow. So that helps with the stagnation. Right. So other things that can show up as stagnation is painful periods, as you mentioned. So on either end of the spectrum. Okay, so that's why two different patients can come in with the same complaint and they've got a completely different origin route to what's going on, right? Right. Like these two patients, one might have, um, you know, the hyper chi, the agitated, rebellious chi, and the other one has stagnation. Correct. Then there's this whole other thing that's deficiency of chi. Oh, right. Okay. So deficiency. Let's talk about that too. Yes. So deficiency can show up when we're from diet, lifestyle, overthinking, lack of sleep, drugs, alcohol. (laughs) Did you say overthinking? (laughs) Yes. um, Constitutionally, you know, that's another way that we can become deficient. Okay. Also having, you know, maybe you overworked, you know, there's reasons why you can be, yeah, burnout for sure. Absolutely. Okay. So we've got the three kind of disruptions of the balance of chi and that's kind of one of the biggest goals, right, is to have that yin-yang balance. Right. The chi is in the perfect kind of flow. Nothing's stagnant. Nothing's deficient. That's the goal, right, to be in this kind of wonderful balance that we're all looking for, the the TCM homeostasis. That's right. And that kind of segues into what the five elements are all about. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about that element system as a concept. Like, what does this mean? Um, The five elements, they are considered the checks and balances of nature. Okay. As each element is associated with the season, taste, smell, emotion, direction, yin-yang organ, color, planet, sense organ, temperature. Yeah. Love this. Like a personality quiz. (laughs) It totally is. Sound, number, spirit, life development, virtue, emotion. I mean, so the five elements as a system, the five elements are water, wood, fire, earth, and metal. Okay. And if you listen to them, so what's so cool about the elements is we have the generating cycle, which is the water. Water nourishes the wood. Ah. The wood feeds the fire. Right. The fire feeds the earth. 
the earth feeds the metal, and the metal feeds the water. Interesting. Okay. So that's the generating it's the circle, circle of life. <laughs> it totally is the circle of life, and that's what we're always wanting in this kind of homeostasis, in, uh, not imbalance, but balance. The balance, yeah. Yeah, so that's the generating cycle. Okay. Then the checks and balances, they actually call the generating cycle the mother and child um, cycle. Okay. Because think about it. It's like the mother is nourishing... The like, child. Yeah, the water is nourishing the wood, right? As the wood nourishes the fire. So the, the, the child of the wood would be the fire. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. I'm so glad you brought up the elements, and this is like very self-serving, but I did get like a diagnosis once of my type, and I want to see if you agree yeah. with it. Well, I guess what you'd need a lot more information to like... No, not necessarily. Okay. Um, well, I mean, well, I'm your... a face reader too, so... Oh, yeah. What, okay, so like, hmm, what's your initial assessment? Um, you're metal and wood. <laughs> that's what I got. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Okay, yeah, the first person who assessed just like over a lunch was Dr. Axe. Are you familiar with his work? I think so, yes. Yeah, um, he's like, you know, chiropractic TCM. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah I know so he, he said wood, and then my acupuncturist in San Francisco said wood metal. Yep, it's for sure. so funny. And I I just, I'm just face reading you. Yeah, and I don't know what that means still. So I have a lot to learn, too. I'm, like, with the listener right now, being very much like an intro student, so. Well, I can, like, explain a little bit. A perfect example okay. is a wood person is going to be a visionary Oh, thank you. <laughs> and a metal type, they're quite aesthetic in nature, but in their very, I don't want to use the word controlled, but they can, they get stuff done. Yeah. There's a lot of There's a high, <laughs> high value system. So metal is about like visionary and humanitarianism, okay. where metal is about values okay. and lifestyle. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> it very much relates to my astrological profile. So that's yeah. kind of cool to see how it all blends together. Uh, I just, I, I, that's what I was talking yeah. about. You're kind of like, we're all the five elements. Yeah. We're totally all the five elements, but right. we are, we have a like a predominant element. Exactly. It's the same thing in astrology where it's like you have every sign in your chart, but then you have the more dominant energies based on planetary placements, houses, et cetera. Well, what I can say is most likely if you're, say, like I'm more like I'm a fire earth person. Yeah. My chart is in relationship to a fire earth. Okay. So there's definitely parallels with the astrological alignment as well as your element. So cool. I love when all this kind of, it feels like a Marvel movie when like a character from a different franchise, like, I'm sorry, I'm like nerding out way too hard right now. <laughs> that was like, great. Like uh, the Hulks in the Thor movie? No way. Like, I, I don't know. Just like the merging of universes I think is fun. Like your favorite character from one other show is in another. Uh, okay. I'm going well, to stop myself. No, that just kind of like some up, yeah, it's all connected. Yeah. I mean, we are a macrocosm, microcosm, and that is what Chinese medicine is about. It's like the the what differentiates differentiates us from Western is the fact that we are diagnosing with nature, right? Because if nature, what's outside is what's inside, macrocosm, microcosm. So yin yang, cosmos, heaven, earth is the same thing that's within us. Yeah, that's beautiful. Ugh, I love this. Okay, so we're talking about the elements. Sorry, I got us a little sidetracked with my own, like, what am I? Uh, oh, no, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. So where does yin and yang factor into the elements? Does it factor into the elements? Definitely. Oh, cool. Because okay. the basis of Chinese medicine is yin and yang. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So and I got that part. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're right on. You're awesome. right on, girlfriend. Let's start with the TCM approach because it kind of like yeah. embodies what you just asked me. Okay. So the Chinese medicine comes from the holistic approach, embodying the aspects of nature. Like I said, the cosmos and everything is connected outside and inside. Mm -hmm. The macrocosm, microcosm, we were just talking about that. It's the Taoist philosophy and the aspects of yin and yang and the five elements show up in our bodies just as it does in nature. And we are nature and it will present itself with symptomology in our bodies. Nature like the seasons, right. wind, damp. Hot, cold, interior, exterior, excess deficiency. We use these terms for conditions as they show up in the body, mind, and spirit. So it's kind of like what you were talking about earlier. It's like, would you call it excessive chi? Yeah. <laughs> so that's the rebellious chi. Hyper chi. Hyper chi. Like, yeah. For sure. And you know, a hyper chi could be considered more of a fire type of energy. That's kind of what I was seeing it yeah. as in my mind. So that makes sense. Okay. So, but let's touch on that. So let's go back to the hyper chi. The hyper chi is usually happening because there's heat in the body. Mm -hmm. And then over time, the heat is going to burn the yin. Okay. So then the yin can't really harness that hyper chi anymore. Yep. And you're out of balance. Then it turns in. So 
then it turns into extra hyperchi. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Yep, yep, yep. yep. It's like okay. the snowball effect, but with heat. Right. Okay. Exactly. So um, each organ system is represented as a yin and yang organ and oh. assigned a specific element. Okay. Yeah, these organs have channels that traverse the body from inside and outside. Okay. Along these channels are points that have a specific quality and actions that treat the body. So with proper diagnosis, we actually treat along these channels with specific point combinations to encourage the movement and cultivation of qi and blood. Oh, okay. How does yin and yang play into the five elements? Well, yeah, completely, because each element is going to be more yin or more yang, right? Mm, okay. So the wood is a yin organ. Okay, that tracks. Yep. Fire would be yang. Okay, that also tracks. <laughs> earth is yang. Oh, interesting, because earth is yin in astrology. Well, it's... So there's two aspects. Let's talk about the organs, right? Okay. So the wood element is the liver and gallbladder. Okay. The liver is the, the yin mm -hmm. and the gallbladder is the yang. Oh, so you get a little snippet of both. Of course. Oh, Because remember, okay, yin yeah. and yang is always balanced, you right? You can't separate your die. Yeah, okay. totally. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> We're getting it. We're doing the work. <laughs> You're doing great. You're doing great. It's they kind do. of, you know, it, it's funny because Chinese medicine is quite, believe it or not, Kind of scientific, yeah. but yet completely philosophical in nature, right. you know? Um, so you can overthink it or underthink it. Yeah. Well, if you know anything about me, you know I will overthink it. <laughs> so um, let's talk about the elements again. So okay. we said the wood was the gallbladder and the um, liver. And liver. Okay. And so each element has a yin and yang. Okay. So then the fire is going to be your heart and small intestine, as well as we have a thing in Chinese medicine. It's like the chakras. It's called the the, the um, triple heater or okay. the dantian. And so we have three of them. We have one in the chest, the belly, and the lower part of the body. They're called jowls. So that's also a fire component. Cool. It's considered kind of like the heat and water metabolizer in the body. All right. And then the pericardium is also considered a fire element. So then we go to the earth element. And yin and yang again, we have the yin, which is going to be the spleen, and then we have the yang that's going to be the stomach. And then we're going to move to the metal element, which has the yin, that's the lung, and then the large intestine is the yang. We're getting rid of stuff with yang out. Yeah, right. Okay. Exactly. So okay. you're going to see, let's do the last one. Water is okay. going to be the kidney is yin, the urinary bladder is yang. going to be yang. Expelling. Okay. Right. So you have, they're called zong fu. The zong is going to be the yin, where the fu is going to be the yang, and it just means the yang are are organs that empty and release. Release. Okay, yeah, it's like out, and then yin is in. Right. That's the, the way I remember it. Exactly. Yin and is I, in. Yeah. So we went over the elements, the organs, and kind of how yin and yang factors into that. Kind of a rogue question at this point. I'm like throwing a little bit of a curveball. This is not a natural segue. <laughs> but what is the deal with checking your tongue in Chinese medicine? Oh, for <laughs> that is not rogue at all. Okay, cool. <laughs> The tongue is a diagnostic tool, just like taking your pulse, as I shared, looking at your color and smelling yeah. you and all that. The tongue, when we look at your... Smelling you, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, smell is an Whoa. indication of the element. Okay. If it's an imbalance or if it's healthy. As well as coloring. Whoa. Yeah, so okay. we're taking in a lot when we're doing a diagnosis. Yeah. Um, so the tongue is basically going to show us the what's going on with the digestion, main thing, by looking at the tongue coat. We're also going to be looking at the body. Is it puffy? Is it thin? What's the color? I'm You're checking, blood deficient. I'm literally <laughs> checking my tongue while we're doing this. In my phone camera, I'm like, ah! You're super pale. Yeah. Are you okay if I, like, share this? Yeah. <laughs> Don't expose me. No, it's fine. Uh, you're just spleen deficient, and you have a lot of dampness, and um, that's an overthinking. She's a damp girl. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you're just You're overthinking a lot. Yeah, that's my whole personality. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kidding, but no, no not I really. totally get it. Uh -huh. um, but that's an indication of a physiological imbalance going on. That's what I'm trying to explain. Okay, yeah, is yeah, yeah. it's not just overthinking. Your spleen is what produces the blood. Okay, it's what also gives us our intellect. And it's the when it's out of a, out of balance, it creates ruminating and OCD stuff. Oh, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, especially like today. Obviously, we're recording a bunch of episodes at once in the studio. This is like my biggest overthinking. Too many things going on in my brain. Kind of. Day. So 
so that tracks. For sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> um, so back to what was the main question? <laughs> the tongue, just the deal with oh, the tongue. Oh, the tongue, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got so into like no. diagnosing your tongue. Well, I, I was literally the one who pulled out the phone camera. I was like, what's going on with my tongue? <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're also looking at, so as I, we were just going over it. You're, I was looking at your coat. I'm also looking at the the um, the color. Okay. I'm looking at, is it, is it dry? Is it wet? Is it puffy? Is it thin? And actually on the tongue, the certain areas of the tongue represent organs. Oh. So the tip of the tongue is like the, remember I was talking about the jowls that are like the chakras. Mm-hmm. The tip of the tongue is the first jowl, the upper jowl, uh-huh. or you want to call it the heater, the first heater, the upper heater, which is the heart and lung. And that's going to be the tip of your tongue. <laughs> and then the sides of the tongue, which would be considered, you know, the chakras in the sense, the the middle chakras, the middle jowl or the, the middle um what like chakra heater yeah triple oh yeah heater. The, the heater okay, the triple right, heater right. i'm just kind of utilizing how it's very similar with the chakras that we have an energy system that's right. like big and like aligned like yes, vertically like right this, yeah and they're big kind of power centers so the liver is actually the sides of the tongue mm. and the gallbladder and then we go to the body of the tongue. So just back from the tip in the center is going to be your stomach and spleen. And that's kind of where the coat exists. So a lot of people scrape their tongue. Mm-hmm. Now, it's healthy. Just don't do it before you go to your acupuncturist. Oh, yeah. I just learned this because I got into tongue scraping and Mel was like, don't do that before. <laughs> well, reason being is it's an indication how we diagnose what's going on, how you're transforming and right. transporting your food and fluids. So what happens is why we have a coat is mm-hmm. because that's the indication of, we call it the um, the the mist mm-hmm. from the digestion and oh it comes up to the tongue and it <laughs> shows if it's turbid, if there's dampness, let's say the coat is yellow, that's letting us know there's heat, kind of coming back to that whole aspect that we talked about in the beginning about nature, bringing the... It's dampness. Mm -hmm. Dampness is outside. Well, you can create dampness inside. Oh, okay. Yeah. And when it turns color, if it's white, that's more of like a cold condition. Mm -hmm. Where it's yellow, it's going to be more like a heat condition. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And then back to the coat. And then in the very back, (laughs) the very back is going to be the lower jowl. The other, the lower, is the that kind of like the sacral chakra or the yeah, in a way, chakra? very okay. good, exactly. Okay. So that's where our intestines, and our urinary bladder, and our genourinary, also like our reproductive organs. Cool. Yeah. I so mean, that's why we look at your tongue. We want to wow. see what's going on. So much to be told. So many stories to hold. Well, <laughs> and then don't forget as well that as an acupuncturist, we do take pulse diagnosis. Right. Okay. So I always take the pulse. Right. And then, you know, I may do an abdominal palpation diagnosis. I look at your tongue and this allows me to have even a clearer view. Oh, what did I feel in the stomach position? Oh, I see it on the tongue. There's more heat there. Okay. So it's just another kind of... Piece of the puzzle. Exactly. Yeah. Especially for diagnosis. Wow. So instead of like looking at one area with one lens, that's like one puzzle piece, you're getting like a whole bunch of puzzle pieces and you're like, oh, now I can see a picture. Even better. Wow. More clear. Yeah. So that makes my diag- my diagnosis and treatment better. So much more accurate. Right. Wow. So cool. Okay. So now that we have that diagnosis, you checked our tongues, you looked at our faces, you palpated, you took the pulse, you've got the color, you have this diagnosis in mind, this clear picture. Now let's get into the core therapeutic components. How are we going to treat whatever's going on? What can someone expect essentially from going to see a TCM specialist, a doctor of Chinese medicine. I know we've brought up acupuncture and herbology and gua sha. Let's give our listeners a little bit of a top line of the most, I would say maybe most popular, most used, so they can kind of have a better picture of that themselves. Sure. So we, you came in the room and remember those evolutionary drivers we were talking about, yeah. which was the respiration, the embodiment, and the music. So usually what will happen is you'll be on a table, and then after we do the pulse and diagnosis and everything, we'll apply acupuncture points along specific channels cool. that have to do with whatever imbalance we found in your pulse and in your tongue. And then after that, what's so amazing about the acupuncture is acupuncture from like an Eastern approach is we're increasing the qi and blood that we talked about. We're bringing more balance into the elements as well as balancing the yin and yang. But from a Western approach, it's pretty cool. And I have some um, research articles too. Amazing. I've always made the joke as us for years that the only way for us to relax is to be pinned to the table. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's so true. <laughs> no, and it's like you've been given permission. Yeah. And what's really cool is research has shown that in with acupuncture, it has this neurochemistry aspect that it produces our, our endorphins, yeah. which is our pain relievers. It can also help with oxytocin and dopamine. So the whole goal of acupuncture is to actually allow the person to fall and drop into a parasympathetic state. Yeah, which it is works. <laughs> the rest and digest. Yeah. And so that's the joke. It's like pinned to the table to relax and you kind of like drop in and you heal your body. Like, wow. personally, you know, I'm like a healing educated conduit. We're applying an ancient healing art. I walk out of the room and then you heal yourself. So cool. Oh my gosh. And I, I totally get it because I've had these treatments before where it's like, oh, I'm so calm now. And you just fall asleep. And it's crazy because you're stuck with needles all over the place, but you just immediately, I mean, for me at least, fall asleep. Yeah, it's called AccuStoned. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Like, yeah. you know, it's a healthy habit. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and you're healing your body on so many levels, just not constitutionally, but like if you have an acute symptom or something going on, you know, there's there's so many ways that acupuncture can help. And, yeah. you know, actually, too, it's just recently, maybe like the last couple of years, when I was sharing about the neurochemistry, like I had this big like aha moment because it's true. Some people respond better to acupuncture than others. Let's yeah. just get real about that. Well, you yeah, know? everybody is different. Yeah. But what was the big puzzle piece for me, why some people shift so deeply is due to the fact that we're releasing endorphins, mm -hmm. right? And we're going to come back to that stagnation piece that has more to do with not just physical stagnation, but mental, emotional, spiritual stagnation. Yeah. And then also aligning, remember that the macrocosm, microcosm, mm -hmm. we are nature. Yep. So the aha moment for me was, this is treating trauma, okay? On a PTSD level, micro-PTSD, issues in the tissues. Yeah. This aha moment was like, this is why people feel so awesome after acupuncture, because the trauma is... It's in, like I said, it's the issues are in the tissues. Yeah. And once you receive the acupuncture, it allows the body to really relax deeply. So you rest and digest and heal. And that is why I think people get such profound effects on it. Yeah. And you pointed out there are these clinical Western medicine scientific studies yeah. on acupuncture, which is amazing because now our American health insurance is starting to accept are starting to pay for acupuncture. I can now use my insurance card at a local acupuncturist and have this covered as part of my healthcare. Like that's how proven it is because anything that's experimental or fringe, your insurance is never going to cover it. But the, just the fact that I can get like a Blue Shield approved acupuncturist yeah. proves how embraced it is by the scientific community here. Finally. Finally, after just a couple thousand years or so. <laughs> well, I've been doing this a long time. Yeah. You know, I've been kind of, you, we were going to talk about it coming mainstream. And yeah, I feel, yes, hooray, finally. Right. But the only downfall I can say is what's happened with it coming mainstream is they've tend to take in the magic and the esoteric right. and the me like out of the medicine like right. most they made it western <laughs> yeah that's the whole point yeah. you know like like the schools now that um, acupuncture are coming out they don't even really know how to take a pulse wow and that okay. was like the essence of what i learned when i was going to school years ago right. and that's part of kind of making it the western model is right. to for the insurance to take it you know and and pay because it needs that scientific method, so to speak. Right. So that would be my only kind of... Hang up with the, the Bummer. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It has to change for the environment it's in, which kind of removes the essence of it. Well, and it's it should be paid for by insurance, you right. know, um, as well as accepted. And you know what's interesting is a lot of doctors still don't accept it, but a lot of them do. Yeah. It's cool to see that shift. I've witnessed it with my practitioners, like, you know, on the... I keep saying Western. I don't know if there's a better word for it, but the more like, you know, Americanized healthcare, I've seen my, you know, GP and different specialists be more and more not just open to acupuncture, but recommending it. That's been a really cool shift to see. Well, good, because it's about the patient. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and if, if it's helping them, why not support it? Exactly. Okay, so we've got acupuncture. Let's also kind of briefly go over like, you know, herbology, gua sha, yeah. Other components that you might get from a TCM treatment. 
Sure. Um, herbs are definitely part of the diagnosis. So mm-hmm. we consider acupuncture like the energetic, okay. where the herbs are more like the substance. Got it. Okay. And so herbology will definitely be part of the diagnosis. Then herbs can be... Herbs are tricky. You know, it's kind of interesting because it's really about the proper formula for you. And yeah. I think, you know, over the years, there's been a lot of um, herbs that got a bad rap because people were abusing them. And, you know, and so Chinese medicine or specific herbs may have a bad reputation, right. but that's only because they weren't properly prescribed from and a used. diagnosis. Yeah, yes, totally. Exactly. And like kind of almost um, capitalized on and commodified by these bigger companies who are like, let's get in on this trend. And it's not the way that it was intended to be used or prescribed, which is very, very personal, right? Exactly. Okay. It comes back to the tongue and the pulse and yeah. everything else. You need like a real prescription versus just buying it like, I don't know, a gummy vitamin. It's not the same yes, thing. Yes, correct. Okay. It's definitely herbology too, how it works. Sure, single herbs do work, but it's better when there's a combination of herbs because yep. they synergistically work together. It's a recipe. You're not going to make right. chocolate chip cookies with just chocolate chips. Like, that, right. that doesn't work that way. <laughs> like, totally. Or just flour. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, that would be boring cookie. <laughs> Disgusting. Okay, so we've got the herbs. There's also... Uh, the I keep... gua sha mm-hmm. and cupping. Yeah. So gua sha is actually um, a technique that we use specifically for stagnation in the body, usually okay. like a muscular pain. Mm-hmm. And that's why you might see like a very dark bruising or like redness right. to the skin. Okay. Because what we're doing is we're stimulating the the chi on the superficial layers to slowly start bringing the blood up from the deeper to come uh, up. Okay. And that will allow that movement as we were talking about remember the chi and the blood are in relationship yeah. to each other. Okay. So the blood comes up and that will move the chi. Okay. And that's cool. how we get rid of the stagnation. Amazing. And so gua sha is actually used for the body, but you know, gua sha is also, you'll see it all over on Instagram and oh, everything. For sure. yeah, yeah, for the face. Mm-hmm. And I utilize it as well. For So the gua sha for the face, what's so great about it is it allows the cells to regenerate at a faster rate. Uh, so what makes our skin look kind of dull and not fresh is the cells that are dying off. Right. So when you do the gua sha, especially properly, this helps with the regeneration of the cells, and that's why your skin gets that nice glow. Oh, that's amazing. I actually had no idea. I'm like, I'm just sculpting my face. Oh, my God. Speaking of which, my jade gua sha stone that Mel gave me fell out of my medicine cabinet and into my sink and broke, and I cried. I'm oh, like, <laughs> well, I'll give you one. I have something. <laughs> Thank so that's you. Good. I was just like having a gua sha moment last night, and it fell out. Oh. I was like, what planet is hurting me right now? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That's no, okay. <laughs> okay, so we've got gua sha, we've got herbology, we've got acupuncture. Is there any other like main cupping? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk so about. So cupping is very similar to the gua sha in the sense, just because it can create sha. Right. Sha means the bruising uh, and the discoloration. Okay, yeah. So the cupping is great because it not only, you know, you can use it for when you're getting an upper respiratory pathogen, like in the beginning stages. So this is going to get a little weird, but yeah. what happens Love is... <laughs> so when we're trying to fight off a pathogen, it tends to kind of attack the superficial layers of the body. So when you do cupping, what it does is it helps remove that pathogen off the superficial layers. Cool. So, so if you're having a little tickle in the throat or feeling like you're in the beginning stages, okay. you can come in and get cupping and it helps with oh. the pathogen so it won't go deeper into the body. Okay. And Would you not get acupuncture at that point? Would no, you, you can too. It's oh, combinations okay. like cool. bonus. Amazing. Okay. I didn't but know if the, it was like that's going in and like pushing oh, stuff Oh, no. In. Okay. Great question. Um, but the cool thing is cupping can just do it alone as well. So cool. And I feel like it's also important to point out if you are afraid of any of these treatments, they don't hurt. Like acupuncture doesn't hurt. The needles don't hurt. The cupping doesn't hurt. Even if you get like a bruise from cupping, it's not a painful process or it shouldn't be at least. Um, It's all (laughs) subjective. You know, everyone's different and I'm not going to like say acupuncture doesn't hurt or cupping doesn't hurt. It just depends on the patient and kind of what, what's going on. Like, let's say you're super deficient or you have a lot of stagnation, you know, if here's, okay, let's, let's piggyback on that. Somebody who has more deficiency, they may like a really deep tissue massage. Yeah. But if you have a lot of stagnation, you touch that person, they're like, oh, that hurts. Ooh, interesting. So that's kind of how, you know, when it comes to applying these modalities, it all depends on the patient. Okay. Interesting. So, yeah, I'm like the person who's like, destroy my muscles, like give me well, the deepest tissue massage possible. Well, your tongue is super pale, so yeah. that's telling us you have some deficiency. Oh, I'm so deficient. 
I've been told that my whole life. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm fine. But you're super abundant in other ways. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. But I really now I'm like jonesing for a really deep tissue massage. Yes. I gotta, gotta um, get that scheduled. And then so you can also do the cupping on the face, same similarities. Oh, yeah. Facial cupping. So cool. So contours and kind of does the same as the gua sha, but a little bit stronger. Okay. In this sense, because it can contour the face and it gives your skin like a nice lift. Plus it lit I mean, I cupped my face before I came in. I love it because it allows my skin to kind of get contoured for the day. Yeah. But you you know, same deal. Cupping and gua sha on the face is totally different than doing it on the body. Gentle, gentle, gentle. Right. Okay. And well, this is an excellent segue, actually, to one of your passions within TCM, which is TCM for beauty and aesthetics. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you ended up in that field? Sure. It's a great story, actually. <laughs> um, I was lucky enough when I was in acupuncture school. So first of all, let's go back. I'm totally vain, you know, but man, <laughs> vanity is value. Libra rising. Is Hi. that what that is? Oh, you're so pretty. Well, and a metal pig, yeah, girl. I mean, like, everything's pretty. I have a Libra moon, so I can roast both of us. But yeah, it's like, I want things to be beautiful and I want you to be beautiful and me. <laughs> awesome. Totally sounds yeah. like it. For but, sure. Yeah, but vanity is value. And I bring that up in the sense like, sure, there's like the unconscious vanity, but then the, but then there's the conscious vanity in the sense that, you know, vanity gives us that aspect of we're going to take care of our health. We want to, you know, we want to look good, you know, it, yeah. we're not doing it for an outward ver- reason. We're doing it because right. we want to make it for us. Yes, exactly. hundred yeah, percent. So back to um, what happened. So I ended up when I was in acupuncture school, I think it was like the last year of school. And Alex Tiberi, he was a master with um, acupuncture. He passed away. And he was such a great acupuncturist. He was part of um, Pacific College of Oriental Medicine here in San Diego. He's one of the founders. But um, he ended up sharing how to build your practice. And so what happened was I had a gal, she ended up being the guinea pig for the day. And so he did the this cosmetic like acupuncture facelift. And she was actually a... Um, um, a lifeguard. So her skin looked kind of oh, a little damage. Right. Yeah. So it was so interesting. So he did the thing, you know, and there was actually, there was an acupuncture and a whole herbology section too. So she comes into the clinic like two weeks later and she looked amazing. Whoa. So I was like, like, what? I was like, holy <laughs> shit, I got to do that. <laughs> yes. So I ended up actually my last year of school, I started working with an esthetician and kind of just perfecting these techniques. And then when I went to China, this is what really sealed the deal was I was at a hospital and they had a whole wing of the hospital just for facial beauty and skin. What? <laughs> So when I got back to the States, I'm like, this is going to be part of my practice. So yeah. I've always specialized in facial rejuvenation and cosmetic acupuncture That's since amazing. I... amazing. Yeah. And I love how you really did point out like that form of like quote unquote vanity, which has a very negative connotation, is not for external validation or any kind of external thing. It's really, you're doing it for yourself. You want to feel good. You want to love how you look. And that's different for everyone, but finding what works for you, like there's nothing inherently wrong with wanting to look and feel beautiful. Not at all. And I mean, we can get a little bit, you know, off topic in a sense, like, I don't know what COVID happened, but it's like, you know, the whole give up on life pants and like people going out in their pajamas and stuff. I'm just, I really struggle with that Yeah, because it's kind of coming back to where's your value for yourself? Right. Yeah. And now I see that. And especially as someone who really does value things being beautiful and put together. And like, that's a way that you show yourself respect and you show people around you respect. Like, it's a well very, said. it's yeah. a very like specific lens that I, I very much understand. Yeah. And so, it, if that's yeah. too punchy, you can cut that out. Oh, no, that's fine. Some people won't resonate with it, but some people will. And that's, we're all different. But yeah. for you and for people who have like a similar. I guess, uh, like ideology or lens on the world, the way that you take care of yourself and groom yourself is a way that you show yourself respect. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's well said. Very very well said. (laughs) Um, So that's kind of what happened, you know, and then over the years, you know, I've just done so many certifications with facial rejuvenation. I've worked as assistants with some of the, the masters. And then I became a face reader and worked with Lillian Bridges. So cool. And she passed away last year, so I want to honor her. She was my mentor and friend, and she was an amazing person and just brought so much amazing information to the medicine. So facial diagnosis is another form of diagnosis, as we talked about. So, I don't like I said, I didn't have to take your 
pulse or look at yeah. your tongue, but I knew what elements were. Wow. And I mean, I could go more into it, but we'll do that another time. Let's do another episode. I would love to have you back for a series if you're oh, up for it. Heck yeah. No, I think this is great. Oh, yay. Okay. Yeah. We'll keep doing this. So listeners, get excited. We're going to have a new, I want to say column because I'm thinking like Sex in the City, like Carrie has a column in the newspaper, but like... It's not a newspaper. You guys understand what I'm saying, but we have our yeah. uh, our columnist. <laughs> well, sure. And then you even said like in the intro, it's like, we are your, what is in your intro again? Oh my gosh, your fairy godmother. <laughs> the fairy godmother and then kind of your like concierge, concierge doctor. doctor. So yeah, yeah I'm you like, remembered. Thank you. <laughs> I'm the like Chinese medicine concierge doctor. Yes, we love that. Oh, thank you. That is literally such a beautiful offering for us. And I love that we're going to be able to like dive more into this. Yeah. Keep teaching people, educating people with really solid, well-educated information. This is amazing. For anyone who's listening right now who's like, okay, I'm in, how do I get started? What would your advice be for someone who's TCM curious? Um, great question. There's a wonderful book called Between Heaven and Earth, and that's a great start for like the layperson if you want to start reading about it. And then, you know, there's a lot of um, resources to go to that have like acupuncture.com, you know, or actually word of mouth is going to be your best way to go when it comes to finding a, a great acupuncturist in your town and in your city. Yeah. And then ask around and then make sure to, um, there's going to be certain like certifications and qualifications in different states. And so make sure they're always up to their licensing and their certifications for each state. I would, that's definitely a big one. Great call. Great call out. That's awesome. And if you're in the San Diego area, come see Sarah. (laughs) Yes. I'm in La Jolla. My, um, my business is called Beauty Point by Point Acupuncture and Healing Arts located in La Jolla, California. My website is www.beautypointbypoint.com. And the bonus is if you go in that area, you might see the mayor of La Jolla, Stella, my dog, walking around because it's on our walking route. Oh, that's right. We're neighbors. We are neighbors. That's so cool. Big bonus. You get puppy snuggles. Um, Sarah, thank you. This was absolutely fabulous. Great. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored to be part of this. So thank you for the invite. We're honored too. Thank you. Okay, beautiful people, go get yourself an acupuncture appointment scheduled. And by the way, check if your insurance covers it. They might. We're definitely going to have Sarah back in the studio with us to talk more about all these beautiful facets of traditional Chinese medicine so we can keep learning, healing, live, laugh, loving, having a grand old time. Fun, fun, fun. Okay, keep on keeping on, my loves. Abianto. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of This Is Fine. I've been your host, Dominique Michelle Astorino. We're based in San Diego, recording in studio at DLI Productions in Pacific Beach with Emmy Award-winning sound designer Dan De La Isla. This is a comedy and advice podcast, but for legal reasons, this entire podcast is a joke and none of it is medical advice. To download the transcript or learn more, visit thisisfinepodcast.com. <laughs>